Listen up, everybody. On Tuesday, March 19th, 4.15 Eastern Time, that's 1.15 here local in LA, I'll be hosting a webinar to discuss Cambria's two new ETFs, the Cambria Tactical Yield ETF, ticker TYLD, and the Cambria Micro and Small Cap Shareholder Yield ETF, ticker MYLD. Head over to Cambria's Twitter and LinkedIn pages to find the registration link. Once again, that's March 19th at 4.15 Eastern Time. Look forward to seeing you. Carefully consider the fund's investment objectives, risk factors, charges, and expenses before investing. This and other information can be found by visiting our website at www.cambryfunds.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing or sending money. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of capital. The Cambry ETFs are distributed by Alps Distributors, Inc., member FINRA, FINRA. Welcome, podcast listeners. We have a fantastic episode for you today. Last year, when we published The Best Investment Writing, Volume 2, we offered authors the opportunity to record an audio version of their chapter to be released as a segment of the podcast, and listeners loved it. This year, we're bringing you the entire volume of The Best Investment Writing, Volume 3, in podcast format. You'll hear from some of the most respected money managers and investment researchers all over the world. Enough from me. Let's get to our guests and let them take over this special episode. Hi guys, how are you? My name is Justin Carbonell. I'm one of the partners at Validia. Validia is a quantitative investment research firm. We run over 20 different investing strategies, some based on the approaches outlined by legendary investors. So that includes individuals like Warren Buffett, Peter Lynch, Benjamin Graham, Joel Greenblatt, and others. We also run models that have demonstrable performance and have been written about either in books or academic papers. You can learn more about us at validia.com. That's V-A-L. IDEA.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at JJ Carbonell. Now I'm going to read you my article, 10 Reasons Why It's Tough to Be a True Intelligent Investor. I hope you enjoy it. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. Ben Graham's tome, The Intelligent Investor, still sells over 100,000 copies a year as investors of all stripes look to learn the value investing way. But as Warren Buffett once said, value investing is simple, but not easy. The truth is the vast majority of investors will never be able to become value investors as defined by Ben Graham for the reasons we'll outline in a moment. This isn't a critique, but rather an exercise in illustrating the many components of a value investing approach and mentality. While the list we're going to walk through is by no means exhaustive, it captures the central tenets behind what Graham believed contributed to successful value investing. Number one on the list, be an independent critical thinker. Graham encouraged investors to think for themselves. In his mind, an intelligent investor wasn't the smartest guy in the room, but instead the one that used a fact-based methodology and was able to control his or her own emotions. Wall Street Journal columnist Jason Zwag, who updated and provided commentary for the third edition of The Intelligent Investor, neatly summarizes this. He writes, quote, The components that are needed in the character of an intelligent investor are patience, independent thinking, discipline, eagerness to learn, self-control, and self-knowledge, end quote. By being an independent thinker, there's a good chance you won't be influenced by the consensus, and you will come to your own conclusion based on the facts. The vast majority of investors rely on others to form their opinions. The so-called market experts are busy giving their daily market predictions. Graham preached forming conclusions based on cold, hard numbers and believed that following the advice of the forecasters was always a bad idea. Number two on the list, maintain a contrarian mindset. Seth Klarman, founder of the value-oriented firm Bopost Group, 
called value investing, quote, a marriage between a contrarian and a calculator, end quote. For Graham and most other deep value investors, the contrarianism comes through in buying value stocks, which are often stocks that investors are negative on for one reason or another. I mean, look at the top stocks driving the market today. Google, Amazon, Facebook, Netflix. These may be great companies, but they are the furthest thing from the type of unloved stocks that would fit the mold of being contrarian. As a true contrarian, you have to have a chance to find opportunities that may be mispriced, where the market has potentially overreacted and become too negative on them. But if you are a true contrarian, you will most likely endure significant pain in getting there because the market may not agree with you in the short run. Number three on the list is we have to accept the future is largely unknowable. Former Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld once said, quote, as we know, there are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, there are some things we just don't know. But there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know, end quote. Graham understood the future was largely unknowable and that investing in the stock market came with uncertainty and risk. He wrote, quote, the future itself can be approached in two different ways, which may be called the way of prediction or projection and the way of protection, end quote. By staying away from predicting and focusing on protection, Graham gravitated towards stocks of companies that were so cheap that even if the future was worse than expected, there was limited downside in their price. And this plays into our next point which is finding stocks with a margin of safety. Buying shares of companies that had a margin of safety was a central concept in Graham's investment approach. The margin of safety was intended to provide downside protection in the event that the future profits of the company deteriorated because Graham believed the future was highly unpredictable and that earnings of companies were also highly variable. He favored stocks of companies that could be bought at or below their net asset value. To determine this, he would take a firm's current assets and net out all liabilities. This formula effectively gives you the price a buyer would pay in the event of a liquidation and assigns no value to long-term assets. For companies valued at or below this level, it was implied that there could be upside as the business improved and also limited downside in the event that the business didn't improve. Number five on the list, you got to be willing to put in the work. If you've ever picked up The Intelligent Investor, you know it's a daunting book, over 500 pages in small eight-type font. Security analysis, Graham's first book was even longer at 725 pages. The thoroughness in the books reflect Graham's thinking that to fully educate yourself on the markets and value investing, it takes a lot of time, a lot of work, and a lot of effort. Todd Combs, one of the portfolio managers handpicked by Warren Buffett to manage part of Berkshire Hathaway's public market portfolio, once said that his daily work schedule is, quote, literally just reading about 12 hours a day, end quote. The bottom line, investing takes a lot of time, energy, and continuous learning, and it's difficult for many of us to have the patience and interest in pursuing what it takes to become knowledgeable on the markets and how to become a true value investor. Investors need to think more like business owners, and that's number six. In Berkshire Hathaway's 2013 annual letter to shareholders, Warren Buffett wrote about two small real estate investments he had made, one, an investment in a farm in Iowa, and two, a building in New York City. Both proved to be good investments for Buffett, but that really wasn't his main objective in sharing the information with us. What he was trying to emphasize is the importance that when you're buying an asset, such as a stock or a piece of property, you're actually buying into the business and you're entitled to the future cash flows generated by those assets. Buffett writes, quote, stocks provide you minute to minute valuations for your holdings, whereas yet to see a quotation for either my farm or my New York real estate investment, end quote. 
The concept of looking at stocks as pieces of business was something Graham emphasized continuously, and Buffett credits Graham for helping him think of investing as a business owner rather than just a stock certificate holder. In The Intelligent Investor, Graham wrote, quote, investment is most intelligent when it is most businesslike. He went on to say a corporate security may be best viewed in the first instance as an ownership interest in or claim against a specific business enterprise, end quote. Although they should, most investors don't take that business-like mindset when investing in the stock market. Coming in at number seven, and this is difficult for many investors, is maintaining a disciplined and systematic investment approach. Graham specifically promoted a quantitative approach to investing. A quantitative method provided more protection in Graham's mind because it offered a disciplined, unemotional way to buy a group of value stocks that over time would have the potential to outperform. Qualitative investing approaches, according to Graham, involve forecasts and predictions, which he believed represented a speculative way to invest that would lead to poor results. In chapters 14 and 15 of The Intelligent Investor, Graham outlined two different investing strategies using specific and concrete fundamental and valuation criteria. The first was the defensive investor method, and this is a strategy we run on Validia. It includes things like looking at the size of the company, whether or not the company has a strong financial condition, its earnings record, and lastly, multiple valuation metrics. Many investors aren't wired to follow a systematic investment strategy, but in Graham's mind, this was the best chance for long-term success in the market. In the number eight slot, is investors should realize that stock prices are there for your convenience only. Graham wrote that stock prices were there to be, quote, taken advantage of or to be ignored, end quote. Investors, he wrote, should never buy stock because it has gone up or sell a stock because it has gone down. Rather, they should determine the price they are willing to pay for it based on the underlying value of the business and then make rational decisions on whether to buy or sell a stock. Buffett drove this point home with his famous saying, quote, price is what you pay, value is what you get, end quote. The price of a stock can fluctuate wildly based on the latest headlines and the flow of money in and out of it. But in the long run, it's the value of the underlying business and the future cash flows of that business that will reward you as a shareholder as long as you bought the shares at a sensible price and didn't overpay for it. Number nine is simply invest, don't speculate. Graham considered himself an investor. He wanted to find companies with certain fundamentals and buy their stocks for the long run. Speculators, as Graham labeled them, didn't care about the value of the business. Their only concern was whether the price was going up. Graham also believed that anyone who was making a business out of forecasting, either the market or company-specific earnings, was engaging in a type of speculation, and this would manifest itself in poor future returns. In Chapter 1, Graham differentiates investing and speculating this way. He writes, quote, An investment operation is one which, upon thorough analysis, promises safety of principle and an adequate return. Operations not meeting these requirements are considered speculative. End quote. Graham was obviously skeptical of all the predictions and forecasts from Wall Street. And that's the last point. Is although it may be tempting to listen to arm-waving pundits singing the praises of certain companies or predicting where the market's going to go tomorrow, it's important to understand that it's impossible to predict the short-term movement of stocks. In a video posted by one of the analysts at The Motley Fool, they said, build your portfolio around understanding that market drops will happen but invest in such a way that won't let those drops get to you so that you'll continue to stay focused on the underlying businesses behind the stocks in your portfolio because in the long term, the performance of those businesses is 
in the end, what will drive the performance of the stocks you own. So becoming an intelligent investor, as Graham outlined, may sound simple on the surface, but it's far from easy. Still, I think investors can learn and grow from all of these points. And for those who recognize and overcome the many hurdles that the market and our own emotions throw at us, I think it can only help in your long-term investing endeavors. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. Music